Welcome back to Different Ranks, man. How are you doing today, people? I'm doing great, my boy. How are you doing? I feel lovely. Um, It's been an eventful week for sports, man. And we got this man, Dion, and everybody's hyping on the hype train. I don't think, I think we're past our, I don't want to be one of those ones to be like, we said it first, but hey, it's glad that it's getting recognized now, I guess. I guess. I don't know. So when you say getting recognized, are you talking about the work they're putting in out there in Colorado? Um, I don't want to say the work they're putting in, but I'm I'm probably going to be selfish about it. That we've been talking about this move, and I'm still stuck in the bubble because the last time we were recording heavy, it was a lot of people dissing this move to Colorado, and now everybody is chanting "Go Buffs!" Like it's just wild to me. Yeah, it, the wildest part to me is man. Is how the culture of this, their third game is about to go on in about an hour here. Their third game of the season, they're playing Colorado State. And the environment that is around this team right now, when I say the celebrities that are flying out to see them play, all of this shit that is going on, when just a couple of months ago, everybody was actually criticizing him for making the move, leaving the HBCU, going to a PWI, but now everyone is there to experience the moment that it is happening so is it really the fact of it is it are we really trying to support each other as black people or are we just only caring about if we're winning at a certain place so was it only was it only uh did it only matter because he won at an hbcu or was it just it it just matters if he if he wins with black people like what what what's what what is it so in my eyes, what it looks like to me is people, well, most, I'm not going to say all people, because as you could tell, like people like Gillian Wallow, they've been supporters of Dion. They fly out, they go to his games, rather winning or losing. They like, they're around him. It seems like they built that connection. Like now they're a part of whatever he's pushed. Like they're part of the family. Someone like Shannon Sharp, also a part of the family. But then you get other podcasters and things like that who, going into the season they were criticizing them or other black faces that are on tv 
they criticize him, trying to be the last good nigga for when they are making these moves. He's going to the PWI, they're like, oh, why would he leave the HBCU in that fashion? But now that they're winning, knowing that they're actually good, he pulled a team together in a matter of months. Now everybody's want to be a part of the moment in time. Everybody wants to pop and everybody want to fly out. Everybody want to experience what the fuck is going on out there. And I don't think people are actually supporting them. They're bringing money to the organization by coming and buying. You say you say you don't support. You said you don't support this move, or you don't support the I'm movement. Saying, what don't you? Support? I'm saying people. What I don't think people are actually supporting Colorado. Yes, they're bringing money to the organization. They're bringing ESPN to the organization. But I think what they're doing is just trying to be a part of the moment in time. They're trying to get their face on that social media up fire that's going on. They want to be a part of it. They want to post on their page. I was at that Colorado game when they was on that run, the historical run for that team. I was a part of it. That's how I feel like everyone is trying to do it. I feel like everyone but is want to be is a it, part of it. Isn't it? Isn't it similar to when you're growing up in the hood and if you're not popular or you're not popping, nobody really cares about what you do? Because mm-hmm. say for instance, say for instance, you're you're playing on a team, right? And and the players on the team knows who the actual good players or the dogs are. Now, I know that every player has players on those teams that they have one of the dogs on the team mates with them but they're not the best dressed in school. Mm-hmm. So the dog on their teammate with them, they like, oh, no, we playing with him like he's a dog. But the girls of the, oh, when we go to the pep rallies, they see him in a jersey. The first thing they say is, you play football? Yes, yep. I'm better than the one that wear the true religions every day. <laughs> every, we all know I'm better than him, but he's the hype isn't there. So they don't really, they don't know. So I yes. see that as a similarity to what's going on right now. And I'll give you another example, bro. It's all about clout. Everyone just wants their moment to get pulled into the limelight or get pulled into the spotlight of what's going on. Like you were telling me a story about a kid that you went to high school with, played baseball, phenomenal athlete. No one gave a fuck about him. But now he's playing for the Atlanta Braves. Everyone is saying, oh, yeah, I went to school with him. Oh, yeah, can I get tickets to the game? Everybody's showing him love now. Everyone, yeah, he's a little younger than me, but shout out to Mike Harris on the Atlanta Braves. Shout out to him, man. Everybody wants to be a part of the moment when they wasn't actually a part of the the shit that built up to it. When you was criticizing it, calling the motherfucker corny, saying what they was doing at the organization was not it. He's ruining the culture out there or whatever. But now that it's actually showing that it works, the proof is in the pudding. Everybody want to say, well, damn. We are, we believe now. We believe. He ain't hard to find. Everybody fucking quote, doing the quotables and all that, trying to be a part of the shit. But we know how it was a couple of months ago. You ain't delete them videos. Some people fucking say, lock them in. We still got them videos of everybody criticizing them. So it is what it is. Keep that same energy now they going through the season. Okay. So say, say if we were in Deion's shoes, right? And our show is just blows up. We're the new Cam and Mason, the new Pat McAfee's. We're the new hottest in sports, right? And everybody is about like supporting us on our team. We're hot at the moment. How do you feel? Like, do you feel like you should just go for the ride, embrace it, all the love that's coming in now? Or would would you personally be like, nah, I'm not rocking with y'all because I know as soon as I lose or I fall off, all the love is going to be gone. How do you ha- how would you handle those type of situations? Have to embrace the love. You have to embrace the love because everything is a blessing from God. But at the same time, you embrace the love for today is my moment in the spotlight, and I'm letting y'all in. Right? I'm letting y'all come around. I'm letting y'all experience it. One day my team might lose. I want these same doors to be open, these opportunities to be open to me. So I'm not going to go to these opportunities being arrogant. I want y'all to see the humble side of us, how we are human beings, how we are here. We're willing to talk to y'all through it all. So that when the moment we lose, y'all don't just jump ship. Y'all are still around. Y'all can have interviews with my players. Y'all can come back. My players are still getting the chance to be on ESPN because we built a relationship. Because one thing that Dion is all about is them kids at that organization. 
actually pushing for them to get a shot. So one thing that he is going to ensure is that he's building these relationships and keeping them genuine so that even if they take an L, his kids are still getting some type of coverage so that all them yards they get, them tackles they get, still get seen by the people who's going to be in their executive rooms during the draft. Huh. So what about the fall off when because it's sad it's sad to put it like this because you've seen it too much where when you're hot you're hot and then when you fall off they clown you for being your meat on the airplane shout out to designer but it's just it's like when you're hot it's like why 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 is it a stigma for i can only speak for what we've seen of what neighborhoods i came up in is I'm seeing the hot dude be hot all the love, and then as soon as it seems like a fall off, there is no love no more. Man, I don't know. So that was a wild ass segue. A wild ass segue talking about it wasn't a segue. <laughs> I'm and just saying he was panda 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 signed to Kanye, and then now they calling him crazy because he beating his meat on the plane. Now he got to register as a sex offender. Like, dude, like, he was at the top. He is crazy. No matter if you was at the fucking pinnacle of the world, if you're a crazy man, you're a crazy man. That is some fucking off-the-wall shit. You beat your... Man, that's wild. That man needs to be in a fucking mental institute. That's some crazy shit. But at the same time... And then, wait, wait, wait. And I saw his fucking statement talking about he don't want to be judged for the sins of his past. Motherfucker, that just happened. (laughs) <laughs> that's happened. So, so you telling me you did some research on him being this beat on the play? I, I didn't know all no, that. I was just saying, is that they what you did? Had it at breakfast club, you know, man. Breakfast club still got the fucking. They got the hand on the post of the coaches, so everything that goes on there, you are gonna see it. Hold on, 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 hold on. That's a lot, bro. Why, bro? Okay, before I get it, before I get into it, I want to get there. Why do you think the Breakfast Club has their hand on the post of the culture? Because after Angela Yee left, it just seems like they're stirring up drama like it's no jumper over there, dog. Be honest. All right, so the reason I feel like the Breakfast Club has their hand on the post of the culture is because of the constant interviews that they get. Rather, you call it drama or whatever. I really don't know no drama that went on over there, be honest with you, since Angela Yee. It's a big one happening right now. What is that? With when Envy said I'll box your mouth because I allegedly Tyrese was helping them when Envy was cheating on his wife, and then now they're talking about Ty- they had to cut Tyrese off because he was flirt. It's like a whole mess over there. Ah, uh, shit. Well, I need to watch that interview, I ain't get to see that one, but uh, damn, I didn't know that. But I feel like they got their hand on the post of the culture because even before that Tyrese interview came out, say they didn't even do that. They were still getting big names on there. They were still pushing into a different demographic, doing more political talks with the whole panel rather than just Charlemagne doing that shit on his own platform. Getting the Diddy interview, I feel like that was a big one. I feel like they're still making moves up there, which is important. How was the the Diddy interview big? Just because it's Diddy? He's been on other platforms. What was said that made it big? What in that Diddy interview that was said that made it big? Because any way that it goes, you can't judge an interview based off of, oh, if it's big or if it's not. Because you know something? People, we back, we back, we back, let's go. And it's not I say Cause it's over now Oh yeah Don't get too confused And it's over now Oh yeah Now coming back around Even Nothing left to lose Cause it's over now oh. I told you niggas I'm back 
it's just not understanding where we're going in this rat race. It's not understanding where we're going in this rat race. Because sometimes you need to understand the possibilities are endless when we put our minds and our faith and our strength forward. We can achieve anything. We can achieve anything. Pastor Cameron, can you uh, move on to the next sermon? Bro, where is, bro, I'm sitting, you don't see, bro, like, bro, you just went ghost. I'm sitting here like, did he, oh, did no. he just stop talking? Like, I'm sorry. You didn't see my message. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear nothing you were saying. But um, I had to go out and come back in. But yeah, I just, I'm just started talking. <laughs> Are you good? I'm gonna just jump back into it. Uh, so basically, the reason I think that they got the post on culture with the Diddy interview or whatever that they're doing up there is because it's generating content, bro. It's generating content rather than being on their views on Instagram or their views on YouTube. Breakfast Club has been doing good rather than bringing back Jess Hilarious or adding some other motherfucker to the mix, Nyla or whoever. They've been generating shit, and they're doing good. They have a dynamic up there, Charlemagne and Envy being the constants, and then bringing in different variables. It's working. So I thought, feel like they still got their post on the culture because people are still viewing them as somewhere to go for an album rollout or a career jump out. Like, it's still something that people are doing. They haven't okay, lost any What is culture to you? Like what? What is your definition of culture to make you feel like that? Was all right. So, um, hip hop, hip hop, anything hip hop. I feel like any conversation in hip hop that is going on, people will go to their platform if they want it. People, that is an option for you to go to if you want to hear what's going on with it. If it's dealing with the hip hop or anything like that. Here, what? What was the last thing that you heard from them that? spark some controversy in hip-hop culture you're speaking about that so what is something that just that just shook the table shook the room within the culture well it don't always have to shake the culture bro it's just having an opinion on the culture that people will hear so are you, you always- judging it off of the amount of views they get is that what you judging it off of yes What would you judge it off of if it's not views? If it's not the people that's actually looking at their content? Because, bro, that is easily inflatable and it's really easy to let go. Why? Because, say, for instance, it was a whole breakup in that no jumper thing, right? When the black dudes left the white dude and the white dude numbers started falling. A couple months passed by. Now you see the tide is shifting where the people that left, their numbers are getting stale because it's like they're doing the same things and it's repetitive. And we're just watching to see them fail rather than the white dude that everybody dissed. And then their numbers are rising again. Their cloud and their stock is dropping. Do you think No Jumper is affecting culture? No, they have their own world. But I don't think since their their No Jumper views got a whole bunch of numbers, they're not affecting culture. You don't even know half the stuff that go over there. That don't that don't mean it's not popping. I haven't seen a no jumper clip since fucking um everybody AD and everybody left, bro. I've been watching back on exactly like, oh, but the views oh. are the the views are still up. So that's where I'm trying to get at. It's like how can you judge it off views if you don't even know what's going on on the other side? Mm. I get you, but same thing with Joe Budden, bro. Like, he don't say nothing controversial, but he still has his post on the culture. Like, I, you know, it don't have to be controversy or uproar about what you're saying for you to have your post on the culture. I mean, your hand on the post of the culture. Like, he's relevant. It doesn't. 
no controversy is not the only thing. If your culture is only based oh. off controversy, that is terrible. Bro, Joe Budden popped off because of what? He if we gonna be honest, that Joe Budden podcast popped off because of what? Um he left initially when he went when he went on that rant about Drake dissing him and he started going off on Drake, that's what turned the tide. That's what popped it I, off. Recently, okay, no, bro, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that your everything about the culture should not be negative. Yes, there's going to be negative things because the culture is a living, breathing thing. Just like a life, negative shit happens. But that cannot be the only thing surrounding the culture of it. Okay, so tell me, so answer me, answer this question. What is positive about Joe Budden podcast and No Jumper? Since we were talking about them too, what what have you found positive from that? If both of those affect culture that you said, what what's positive from that? You know, so I just started back watching Joe Budden uh, a little while ago. And I will say, literally, my favorite thing about the Joe Budden podcast is though they talk about hip-hop, it is the people interacting with each other in that room. It is the way that they interact, they laugh, they have they have dialogue, and it's not really, like, driven off of we got to hit these topics. It's actually people interacting with each other. It's like friendship. I don't know if all of them are actually hey, genuinely friends. Okay. Out of there. So you're talking about the Joe Budden podcast, right? Yes. That's so, like really that's going Okay. Like no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, hold on. So I've been keep watching it, keep watching it, staying tuned, staying tuned because I genuinely like the show. When you initially stopped watching it, they were doing they nothing has changed in the formula that you're speaking about when you began watching it again. Why did yeah. you initially stop watching it? Okay, so the really the reason I stopped watching Joe Budden a while ago, and you are you I'ma say this and you're gonna be like, okay, I can agree. Literally, when all that shit went on with him and Rory and Maldon, I started falling off from the Joe Budden podcast. Because I felt like a lot of negativity was going on over there. And I was like, I really don't have a fucking side of the coin. I really don't care about this shit. So I literally started slowly stop watching Joe Budden. And then when the new personality started coming on, I didn't know the personality. So I was like, I'm going to just get away from this. This ain't for me. But then as social media started feeding me their personalities, I started seeing it more. I was like, all right, they look cool. And then when you sent me a video, I think, and I watched it, I was like, this shit is actually good. But when all the negativity of the Royal Mouth just started going on, I was like, literally, when we was labeling the episodes, you remember when we dropped the episodes and we called it fucking uh, Royal Mouth? That was when I was fading away from the don't, show. But don't, see, don't even, don't, even, don't even bring that up because that's just another, that's just another piece of our history where we could have caught a wave, began, get caught a following, Bro, can fell you out because it wasn't consistent. I, when I started falling off, it was the negativity and the shit you going was on that side. But yeah, that it, it was the when the negativity was happening on that side, and then when the new personalities came out, I didn't know them. So it was like, all right, I got some podcasts I like. I'm gonna just stick to those. And then when I started realizing their personalities actually were good, then I went back to Joe Buddy. But you haven't said anything that was pop. You didn't answer the question. I said, "What positive attributes make those shows pop right now?" You didn't say anything that yes, was positive. It's the dialogue, the friendship over there. That is positive to me. When I actually see them being able to talk to each other, and it's nothing like, yeah, they banter, they joke around, they get at each other, whatever. But it always feels like it's coming from a wholehearted place. You know, you know why that is. Why? And I've noticed that as me aging up here in the game, is where, is where sometimes, sometimes you can work with some people, and when you're trying to express your thoughts to someone, 
they can if that person does doesn't genuinely care about you or have love for you they can feel like you're coming from a malice or malicious place all the time now there's sometimes you can be saying something and you're trying to get stabbed at them or be negative but if you feel like that person is okay maybe he's really passionate about his beliefs in this religion or his belief in his sports team that's why i feel like the separation comes because as soon as someone says something and it feels like they're attacking you then you want to then most people sometimes if they really don't rock with that person i'm gonna just distance myself away from them because i i think i don't i don't feel like they really rock with me and that's not even the case in most times yeah it's just passion that's why when uh i hear people talk about our our what we're doing over here the network and everything they always saying like, bro, why you let a camera go so hard? And and I always try to like to explain it to him like, that's just who he is. Who said that? I just be like, that's just be, that's just how he is, bro. That's that's his nature. <laughs> he's really passionate about the shit that he's talking about, and you can see he only get excited when there's certain topics. It's only certain topics when you start doing your thing and you ain't hearing nothing because you really believe in what you know about the topic and and that aspect of it i don't understand it is because me growing up it was when i grew up around women it was very like it was very like you had to learn how to speak a certain way to get your point across but when you leave the situation it's not like okay i'm gonna still be mad at you five days from now and i'm gonna keep bringing that junk up like oh i remember when you told like no like i think that's where if we're if we would even talk about relationships that i had to learn over time is like i can call you a funky cuck sock bitch i don't give a fuck about your musty ass like i'm i'm just going off for you because that's how i genuinely felt right then and there but two days later I'm all up on you, trying to rub on you and all that, and you ain't, and she ain't trying to feel that because she still feel like, like that two days ago. That's still there. We need to resolve that, and I, I was always like, "Hey, man, that, that's over. With. We good now." But everybody don't take it the same way. In that situation, I ain't gonna fault the woman for not taking it and say, "Well, you do need to address what you said." Sound like. Felt that way deep down. <laughs> like, you but I'm, to, like you felt that but way I'm deep saying, down. Okay, so okay, okay, we address it. But so is that the same right where you have to keep addressing it over and over and over? Like yes, I said this two days ago, yes, but three woman, weeks from no. now you did something else. Because yes, for a woman, because their insecurities lies in the things that they think they you may have a problem with or they may have a problem with. So when you bring those things up and it could have been like you fucking chubby, like you say something about her weight when that's one of her insecurities, you're going to have to keep bringing that up that you apologize about. It. You ain't mean it was just a moment you're trying to get under her skin, but she's going to keep feeling some type of way about it because that's actually one of her insecurities and you brought it to light that you that you see it. So, yeah, that's just like the nature of the beast. You're going to have to keep apologizing for that. If you feel like you ain't got to, do your thing, big fella. But ain't no woman about to take that hit and not feel some way for a period of time. That ain't how that go. Ain't that sad? Nah, it ain't sad, bro. That's the that's the dynamic men have with women. That's, that's life. That's a beautiful thing understanding another individual and the thing how is that, they, that bro how how is how is that a beautiful thing just i don't i don't i don't i don't fall under those notions just because something is normalized makes it beautiful no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying the interaction between man and woman trying to understand each other going through this life trying to get to know somebody a little bit better is a beautiful thing their flaws, the things that make them tick, the things that make them happy. That's the most beautiful thing in this world, man. I don't know. Going through life with somebody. Because. Nothing beating that. Because. 
I think I think you're saying that's a beautiful thing because you're a type of person that cares about others more than your own needs. But what about the type of person that says I need to find myself and I need to love myself before you can love anyone else? Well, well, tell me this. How am I going to speak for that person? I can't speak for that person because that person not me. See, I'm different. I found myself when I was younger. I learned to love myself when I was younger. So I didn't have to go through life fucking beating myself up, hitting my head against the wall because I just can't get over it. Like, life is life, bro. I don't know. Like, I don't know how that person feels, how that person gets to their day to day. Yeah, I have my ups and downs, but it's never about like, oh, I'm not, I'm inadequate. I'm not good enough. I know who I am and what I am. I'm better than the rest of these niggas. I'm just being honest. You know something that just just sparked in my head? What? I hate this just this is red, but I hate when if you and a couple or something or y'all together for a minute, this this saying just irked me. Like this whole this this just saying like uh or if you see somebody post like oh we good together or we love it, but I hate the whole yeah, we've had our ups and downs. I hate it if if, if it's cause of cheating. If it's like if y'all got through cheating, don't sit up there and say. Yeah, we had our ups and downs. Like I, I don't think that's an up and down. I just what think that? that's just something y'all went through, and then that's it. It was a post that I see recently. It was like, yeah, we got through our ups and downs. No, the nigga was just cheap. That was it. So like, the woman was probably when you say the nigga was just cheap, uh-huh. it puts a bad stigma. That no, I'm saying women too. It it can go it can go both ways, but I'm just saying like. When most people think about, oh, we had our ups and downs. Like, don't don't put cheating in there. Ups and downs is like, oh, we um we lost our job in 08 to the recession. Uh, oh, our ch- one of our children had to go to the hospital, but we didn't have a have health and health insurance at the time. Like stuff right. like that. Right. So ups and downs can only be money related. No. Oh. I didn't know who I didn't even know if I wanted to be a mom really. I know I wanted to start a family, but it was just on the shot episode. She was like, she was like, um, what I don't know. I don't know you still watch the shot, but it's pretty good. But they they was on there. It was it was like, you say you do? I haven't watched that shit in years, bro. Oh, it's got better. So the the daughter that got raped by that rapist. She had she was on a counseling episode with her mom, and then she got upset because the mom, she basically was like, "I wasn't ready to be a mom at the time." Like like now she's a lesbian and she wanted to find herself, but she thought being a woman and a good daughter was being a wife, having children, and being with a black man. But when she said, "At the time, I really." didn't want children but that's the route that my family told me to go and then the girl was like so you didn't want me okay maybe she probably didn't want you but she still loves you now how you gonna flip that when the whole goal was to understand your mom yeah that's that's terrible that was a uh, terrible for the daughter to do you, didn't you want brought me. her there to get some understanding because you had a deep hate for her and you said the first it was like a fir- the first hater or the first girl, person that broke her heart was her mom and you gonna come she gonna try to be honest with you you like you didn't want me now she's not gonna be honest with you now she didn't say she didn't want you she just said it was bad time yeah i feel uh yeah whatever that's a tv show i ain't even gonna dig into that one but it's that, that's just like a dumb way to look at it. I feel like we always got to realize that our parents had lives before we was, we was in them. But needless to say, that's why I had fell off a Joe Button. We got so far away from what we were talking about. But yeah, that's why I fell off a Joe Button, bro. I didn't know the personalities. I didn't know what was going on over there. But then once I started realizing that I fuck with Ish and Ice and fucking uh, Flip. And what's the other? What's the female name? Melissa Ford. How you going to say 
the legendary Melissa Floor. I don't think people respect women as they age. How in the world are you going to say, what's her name? And you know Flip name. Come on now. That's okay. disrespectful. All right, whatever. Um, But, yeah, like, and he don't need place and they interact with each other because bro i really don't know what i know melissa ford from i know her name but i don't know where from video vixen one of the greatest oh. to ever live okay so that's that just told me everything i needed to know whatever bro that shit means nothing to me um she was in big pimpin what are you talking about bro that don't mean nothing to me you acting like she spent a fucking 16 in big pimpin Okay, okay, mind you. Okay, so the argument was the 50 years of hip-hop should should video vixens be acknowledged or be appreciated because of 50 years of hip-hop? No. Are you serious? It depends on what video you was in and everything because I'll say, like, tip drill, if you was a girl in the tip drill video, you need to be acknowledged and highlight it for hip hop because no wait let me finish what i'm saying punk ass nigga but like because pip tip drill wasn't like a uh crazy song but it's everything they did up in that video that fucking highlighted that song right but then something like bank pimping that fucking song was so transist transcendent because it was jay-z connecting with texas and on some pimp shit, and that shit went nuts. Like, the song is crazy without the video. The song is dumb without the video. Like, that video is just like, it's a video to the song, and they on some pimping shit. But that video did not make the song that much greater. Radio was already playing that motherfucker. Yeah, when motherfuckers got their, uh, what was that little thing you used to go to on demand, uh, like watch your videos and shit. I forget. Yeah, you watch the videos, but at the same time, the song was already depends on for want to be considered important to the fifty years of hip hop by name. If you're a video picture. so you just basically saying forget them girls because they're not men. That's that's basically what you're saying. No, I'm not. That's like saying if the niggas who was dancing that damn should be considered. No, them niggas shouldn't, bro. Like, none of them, like, you didn't do shit. You didn't do that. Like, just because don't mean nothing. What talent did you bring? You can't just looking the way you do. You didn't come in with no type of talent. It's that's hard to say because nah, if we being honest, if we being honest, you being from St. Louis, so I'm only use St. Louis artists, right? If you didn't have some of them elite video vixens and hot in her, Nelly wouldn't be able to cross over as easy as he did just for the music and country. Because if he were to came out starting that country stuff, nobody would, nobody would, no, nobody would pay that no mind. They wouldn't respect him as a diamond artist. But he had to appeal to the culture and what brought the eyes. The known video bits. You're so wrong that it, I don't even think you're going to agree with this happen today. You're talking about Nelly with country grandma coming out wouldn't appeal to the culture. The videos no, is not from Diamond. Bro, it is after. Bro, what was what? his first hit? What was his first hit? Shit, I don't know. Okay. So after his, the eyeballs was on him, it was so easy for him to transition because he wasn't stuck in a box. Of being, you have to. We only want to hear you for this sound, i.e., Gucci Mane. We only want to hear this sound. 
So nope. as he got the eyeballs on him, it was now easy for him to talk over he early. He was doing country hits. Do you not do you not hear what I'm saying? I'm no, saying the eyeballs work is that Kelly couldn't eyeball making country music if he didn't have the eyeballs. You gotta understand that he was making those songs and they were hits. Already. No, they were not. They weren't hit until the eyeballs were on him. He didn't come out the gate with no country song. That's the first album. Do you do you understand how much music was put out before an album was made back then? There yeah, were Bob. radio singles. They had to go through yeah. the they had to go through record labels they didn't you just didn't have an artist and they just put out an album that's how they made their money was albums they didn't put out albums it's like like what are you talking about nigga what i know what you're saying yeah it's like th two singles a couple features and then your album might get a date i get you but what i'm saying is if that label didn't view that them songs were going to be popping, that would have never been on your first album. Those songs were hits. Hits. Like it or not, hits. I don't think you... I, I think we not understanding each other because say, say when I said I eat Gucci, right? Late years down the line, he making a country, he making a Christmas song. Nobody on, didn't want to hear it. You, you either had to be hot, or you just had to be that guy. There was no other way around it. And sometimes I think we get that misconstrued with how hot artists are. We're even talking about like Diddy paying back masters or th sometimes waves are late. Sometimes people don't get it right the first time. And that's okay. That is completely okay not to get it right the first time. But as long as you get it right, get it right. Hey, listen, we're not going to make a, a living running, buddy. You got me clear. Go hit him, look at him, go get him, go get him, Arn. Hey, Tyreek. Hey, Coach, did they do this many team periods in Georgia? Yeah, 15. I like every this, day. I like the team period. I like just playing football all day. It's like 14 periods every day. I like what he's going to get two. He's going to get two, and then you can go in with that. I I don't know why I do that, Coach. If you just yell at me one time, I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember. If I yell at him one more time, I'll be okay. And he admitted it. He admits. Coach oh, told me, because uh, he always tells me get, his, get on top or outside. But I always cheat a little inside. I don't know why, but he just told me that yesterday. I said, if you just yell, yell at me one more time, I promise y'all remember. Because I forgot it today. Definitely have the best hair in the biz. It's the perfect mix of silver, perfect mix of black, and looking good. So do you like the hair? I love the hair. Wait, let me good. let me see. Let me see what you see. Yeah, yeah, you let, me, let me get that. Let me get that. So you like ah, the hair. Geez. So you ah. like the, the perfect hey, mix. The perfect mix of the silver and black. So let me tell you about the like silver and black. Gray. Let me tell you about it.
hey, bro, as we as Colorado is getting the ball rolling, they're starting to do a little bit better. As they're preparing for Oregon and USC coming up on a schedule. Got those games? Not saying if you believe in the team, but them are big games. Them are two good programs, high ranked teams. You think they got those games? <laughs> Do you want me to be honest or subjective? I want you to fucking, well, I want you to be honest and then subjective at the same time. Okay. So I'm going to put it like this. So the number 17 team TCU, right? I was probably one of the few that knew that they were going to win that game. How did I know? Because I legit watched. Georgia destroyed TCU in the national championship. And I don't think that people really remember that. And I just, and I saw the players that Dion brought during the spring game. And I just knew that hype would transcend to them winning that game, right? Now, going forward, the Oregon game, I think they can win. Why do I think they can win? Is a is because of how good their O-line has been playing. Now, it was a specific play during, it was the first game against TCU. It was a goal line when Shadur ran it in the end zone. And the guard, Colorado's guard, they have smaller linemen, but his guard, pulled around like he was Jason Kelsey and he laid a boy out flat on his back. And I was like, okay, these linemen know the criticism is on them because they aren't looked at as respected as college football linemen. Like even Dion said, I'm set. We're seven or eight dogs away. So he acknowledges that the team that he got, isn't the team that's going to win them a championship, right? The only thing I I think that they do have a chance to beat USC and Oregon is how they finish off tonight. Because it's not about, in college football especially, bro, it's not about the upset victories or, like, how Mizzou just upset K-State. I had I had a feeling they were going to beat K-State, but nobody really believed in it, but I had a feeling they were going to win. It's not about the upsets. It's about how you perform the games you're supposed to win. Tonight, they're supposed to dominate Colorado State. If they struggle against Colorado State, then that's a problem, i.e., look at Alabama, struggle against ranked teams and they struggle against or lose against unranked teams. It's just how it is, bro. All right. So, so when I think about it, man, I, and I look at the team that I got to see play one time now, I didn't see both games, but I got to see that TCU game. And uh, I watched the highlights from their last game. I don't like this team looks really good to me. Like, yeah, they look really good. But as I've watched college football here and there since I was, like, in middle school, the teams that look, like, really good, but then everybody started hyping them up, like, give them a shot, give them a shot. I think it was, like, Texas A&M when I was a freshman, um, TCU last year, fucking Louisville a couple, like, when we was in high school, too. Every time the teams look really good against the people on their schedule and they make it up the rankings undefeated or whatever, when they get to face them schools in the SEC, I feel like historically we see what the fuck is cooking. So if you know the similarities with those teams that you just brought up, wait, right quick, you know the similarities that you just brought up? What? They were all like high flying offense because you're saying how Colorado has a team where 
they're they just there's they look so good it's it's so dominant that's yeah. because they're throwing Shador's it's kind of like the the Justin Herbert effect or the Josh Allen effect but until you need to run the football or get in the trenches you're going to struggle mm-hmm. yeah because all them and have, Nebraska the thing about the SEC is did you so, watch the Nebraska game no that's the one I didn't get to see okay heard, so I'm gonna tell you the key thing yeah, yeah so the the key thing with that Nebraska game is is even Deion Sanders will tell you they initially lost that game in the first half but the only reason what saved them is the quarterback just did not know how to play in the shotgun and he was a running quarterback how do I know that because I knew that quarterback was from Georgia Tech and we have like that running style offense at Georgia Tech but that coach just didn't put him in a good system Matt Rule did not put him in a good system so we'll have to focus on the running game tonight. That is the big key. We're focusing on the running game. Who does Colorado have it back right now? Um, Dylan Edwards. So no, so Dylan Edwards is a is a because he played with DM when he was in the little offs, right? He's what? He's a stud. He had offers from everywhere. So. No, he's he's a dog. Yes, he's a dog. But it's like he's not going to be able to develop as a running back. He's going to be more in the passing game, the return game, but his position is running back. And if he can't develop at running back on the college level, it's going to be hard. That's why yeah. a Saquon Barkley do so well that's why uh, Alvin Kamara can do so well they they had the reps to develop at running back he can't even he can't really get his foot wet because the most explosive plays Dylan Edwards get is either on the outside or it's on screen passes or in a passing game he needs to develop he needs that time I feel like personally for me the moment that I would start believing in Colorado like fully believing and I say I believe but it's like with belief, you don't have any fucking fluctuation. Um, no, that's what knowing, excuse me. With belief, you can't have fluctuation. But once I start seeing them highlights of a good run game, once I start seeing them highlights of somebody being able to put their feet on the ground and get busy, because yeah, your quarterback can throw the ball, you got receivers who can catch it. But what happens when you play a good defense? Do you have somebody who can get that ball and fucking get you some yards? Nebraska was a good defense. They just they just couldn't hold the offense couldn't hold up. Bro, I don't care what nobody say. When you say something's a good defense, I don't be believing it till it comes from the SEC. Okay, yeah, I forgot. I forgot what game it was, but I was watching the, the Nebraska and Colorado game. And it was literally, it may have been Alabama, like right after that. And I was just like, you can just visually see the size difference. I was yeah. trying to imagine yeah. how Shadour and them and Travis can compete against the SEC. But that side, like Mizzou, Mizzou realized that quick. And they, it just took them a minute to adjust to be like, okay, we're in the SEC and we need size. And then now they finally get, it's been about yeah. three or four years where they finally got their feet wet. Yeah, and but they we said that when we was making the transition over to the SEC, and I say us, I'm talking about Mizzou, you know how I rock. But we said that it was going to take us time to actually be able to compete with anybody over there to get a game, a good win over there because we're so much smaller. The squad we came in with was so much smaller. Them boys in the SEC, man, I don't know what the fuck y'all recruit them from, but they're just always bigger. So how about this, bro? Before you leave. Before I, I need to ask you this, so the NBA, we I I haven't talked to you. I I've been trying to hold this off because I was like, please let him be on so so I can get his opinion on this topic. The NBA just shook the fucking table. Yep. I know you seen it. I even sent it to you on Instagram, bro. How do you feel about the rule change with the NBA? Not. Red, new not rest policy. The rest policy. I fucking love it. My, I love it. If Jordan and Scotty, one of them got to play 82. One of them got to play 79. 
we need the games played. We need the stars to be out there. And first off, for the teams, they need their stars to be playing. They need reps under the ball. They need to be actually getting buckets so that when it's playoff time, they're prepared. They've had these matchups. They know how to score against them. They know where to go to to get they Bro, they need these reps. They need these reps. The stars do. Rather, they say, Derek, oh, that's fucking Paul George. He can get a bucket over anybody. Yeah, he probably can. But when his field goal percentage is sinking down to 30, he ain't going to be too happy. So he's going to stop shooting. So he needs these reps in games during a regular season so that when it's playoff time, he is chunking that bitch up there, getting out a point shot need so that y'all can possibly make it past the fucking second round. Why do you think they did this? It's the Kawhi Leonard rule, bro. That's what they calling it. <laughs> that is what everybody is calling We know why they did it. People are tired not seeing Kawhi play. And fucking Anthony Davis sit out. This shit is the L.A. rule, bro. Like, L.A. has been bugged. Like the last three years, not playing these players, letting them sit around and shit, bro. LA needs to fix their shit, and this is the rule putting in. I mean, the league putting in a place that you motherfuckers are on notice. So, is this gonna benefit the game? Because, like it or not, that I think yes, they're resting players, but I think how the durability of these players have gotten because of the money and because of I think Gilbert one time said about the how the training training is do you think playing a large amount of games and potentially risking the health of these players is going to work long term because of what if the players are actually injured and then we have to see players we don't want to see okay well if you're actually injured you don't play if that's how it goes. If you're actually injured, you don't play. And yes, you probably don't want to see them other players, but if someone is actually injured, they shouldn't be playing. But if they're healthy, they should be playing. We should be getting the best basketball available. That is what we the best basketball available. Not the best basketball they want to give us, but the best basketball available. Yeah, I made it to the league. Yeah, I get in these million dollar contracts because that's how it works. What is our worth as fans? Is our worth just putting up with whatever the fuck the coach got to put on the roster because you don't want to play? Or is our worth that you're going to put out for our team that we love so much? You're going to come you out. Think it's, it, if, do you think it's because of the market? And let me put it like this to you. Because of how the NBA is in America, but we're constantly seeing these foreign players winning championships, winning MVPs, and the league is transitioning to that. And we don't see ourselves like when you're coming up, you try to see yourself in that your favorite athlete. Yep. And they think that we will lose the American market, like Team USA not performing well, where we'll just be like, okay, we're, we're just going to have a majority, almost a 60, 40% of foreign players. Do you think they're trying to stop it? So our American players can finally let it be known that this is our league. Like they want to be integrated, but not fully taken over by other countries. Who's the best player in the league right now, bro? In your opinion, um, I would say, I would say Giannis Antetokounmpo. All right, the best player, like player, and I can put him on any team. Giannis, Giannis. All right, so look. In my eyes, the best player in the league is Kevin Durant. In my honest opinion, I think Kevin Durant, rather people can say, well, what he do last year, all that shit, Kevin Durant is the most consistent player. He, No matter where he goes, he is a certified MVP. No matter what system he in, you think that they're going to win a championship. No matter what system Kevin Durant goes to, you like, oh, they winning. Everybody say that. I, mean, I would give I would give that. But right. it's a factor that hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, just wait. What you say? Just wait. But the thing with that statement that I just gave you is with me saying Kevin Durant is we don't have that in a vacuum. We don't have a Kevin Durant that in a controlled environment he is playing these eighty-two games. We can see that he is better than everybody because our star American players 
they only give us 50, 60 games a season. So we don't get to see them so, as much as these European stars going out there giving us 70 games a season. That is so much more. So why, so, don't, why, don't we ever, so why don't we ever appreciate Steph Curry when he's actually doing that for us? We, do we don't never acknowledge that. We do acknowledge Steph Curry, but like I tell you all the time, the little guard doesn't appeal to me. I tell you that all the time. The little guard looks amazing. But the little guard being your star, it only looks so good to me, bro. The you little know? guard don't give us a FIBA World Championship. I was rooting for Jalen, bro. I, but, 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 hey, it don't get us one. Put Ben Simmons up. Be Australia, but got it. <laughs> Put somebody. Hey, listen to me, bro. Listen to me. The little guard is beautiful when he's the two. When Kyrie is coming up and down the court, bedazzling us with these dribbling skills, doing all this, and then throws an alley to LeBron, it looks amazing. But when he's by himself and he's raising kids in Boston, it's not enough. The little guard ain't going to win it for no franchise. Hey, I told us that. All that. Fucking Steph Curry was the first example. Steph did. I know. Damn, let me finish, nigga. Steph Curry is the first example that he can get it done. But in our history and what we've been taught through our emotions, the little guard ain't enough. Steph is the only anomaly. So we can keep bringing up Steph, but he is an anomaly to the little guard being able to do great things. They can fucking go out there and they can beat everybody, but when they get to that last little check, that last little box they got to check off, the little guard always lose. Steph is the only one who did it, bro. And we love Steph. I don't know nobody who don't like Steph no more. Back in the day, fuck Steph Curry was a song, but not everybody loved that man. Everybody. Because it's because of he's paying it forward. It's like he's not like a MJ that that's hogging all of the talent. But I don't, I don't, I just can't see that as being as a good thing because I've seen Trey Young training with them in the summer. Yeah, oh. you can train with Steph all you want, but until you get Steph's mentality, none of that extra shooting shit gonna matter. Bro, I, I hate all that fucking speed ass shit. You fucking cunts. <laughs> doing all that fucking girl shit. Bro, you fucking grown man competing for something great. Go out there and compete. Stop being buddy buddy all the fucking time. I like Giannis mentality. But, no, but but can you be mad at it because we're at the time where your your money isn't guaranteed, but your brand is. Michael made it known where I need to make money after I stop dribbling. You're asking me what I can be mad at, and I'm mad at it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I like when people, you know, they always talking about, um, and this, I'm going to go a different route. They're always talking about why people fear Jordan, but nobody fears LeBron, blah, 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 this and that. This is why they don't fear LeBron. Why would you fear a man that you probably going to go drink some wine or champagne with later on? Jordan was fucking cooking these niggas, go, taking them out to eat, then making them pay the bill. Jordan was fucking playing psychological games. LeBron is actually going to be the best man at your wedding. It's different. Oh, they man, buddy. it hit different. They too buddy, buddy. But, yo, I'm excited for the season tournaments that they're doing, in-season tournaments they're doing on each side. Uh, I think that's going to force Fuck teams. Fuck that right, shit. All right, watch. Fuck I'll bet you all fans stop. But um, I think it's going to make – I love when they do shit to make teams compete. I love when they do shit that forces teams. Bro, that's to a lot of damn – games but like you don't understand like i can understand baseball having a lot of games because it's not antagonizing on the body bro you're no i forgot bro the no rest rule the fucking in-season tournament and then games niggas, them you. niggas gonna be dead. ass bro you being mad sweet fuck these niggas, bro they get a hundred million to do this 
I want in-season tournaments. I want off-season tournaments. I want motherfucking blacktop tournaments. These niggas better earn a dollar. They gonna die like Elvis did, working, working, working. Yep, you gonna work for this money you get, nigga. Damn, that sounds terrible. Let me chill. I like it, but hey, man, I appreciate everybody for tuning in today. We had a couple of viewers come in through the system, and I really love y'all. But this Colorado game is on right now. Yeah, hey, buddy. We'll see y'all next time. Hey, and before we get up out of here, uh, because next week we're going to be recording a little bit kind of live during the Canelo fight. Excuse me. Oh, they Canelo. fight next week? Yeah, Canelo-Charlo fight. Uh, so it's going to be crazy. So what I want y'all to do is go to the Instagram, on the story, choose what side you on, either Canelo side or the Charlo side, and let's see what the fans are rocking. They fight next week. On the 30th. I think the 30th next week. Nah, that's the week after that. Well, yeah. All right, my guy. Oh, it's the what? It's the 30th? Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm gonna be in Puerto Rico at that time, so it should be a good, a good time. All right, y'all. We will have to see. We will have to see if we live stream (laughs) it. He gonna have his phone, so he ain't got no excuse. Man, if you, bro, if we take it as serious, bro, I don't care where I bet, bro. We go fucking record, bro. But I gotta know if you gonna be for real or not. I am. I'm trying to. I'm trying to have an interview with Showbiz to go uh, dope uh, in a in a couple months. A what? For Showbiz. Send me his Instagram so I can look him up. Talk about boxing, bro. No Showbiz to dope. No, I don't know the nigga, bro. All right, bro. I'll send you a shit. All right, y'all. We out.